This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, also the TSO's marketing director, Felicia Canny, and we have a special guest with us today, that is Michael Lang, who is resident choreographer and director for Toledo Ballet. Now, the 77th annual Nutcracker is being presented by Toledo Ballet at the Stranahan Theater with the Toledo Symphony. That is this weekend, Saturday, December 9th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, also at 7 o'clock in the evening, and on Sunday, December 10th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You can find more information as well as tickets at the box office number 419-246-8000 or ToledoSymphony.com. So, we have had uh, conversations about Thanksgiving. We talked last week about Christmas activities and concerts, and now we're talking about the Nutcracker. I have some uh, Nutcracker activities in store for us, but before we get started with that, I want to get a little acquainted with you, Michael Lang. This is your first time, perhaps only time, appearing <laughs> on <laughs> Symphony Lab. To be determined here. We'll yeah. <laughs> give, us a little, uh, give us a little background uh, on you. Well, um, I don't have the history with the Toledo Ballet, but my wife does. She uh, she uh, took classes with Marie Vogt from age 6 to 18, and then she went on to New York City and uh, pursued a Broadway career. And that's kind of where we met. We met doing Beauty and the Beast there in New York City. Which were you? I was the tumbling carpet. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> flipping around stage as a rug. Wow. Um, but yeah, so we, we met there. And then, uh, you know, a couple surgeries and a couple kids later, we headed back to Toledo to uh, be around family. And uh, we've been running the ballet about 11 years now. So yeah. here we are. Well, let's get into uh, our first little nutcracker activity today. And that is a quiz. I've assembled a little nutcracker quiz uh, just as much to test our knowledge of Nutcracker as it is to kind of, you know, open up the uh, discussion to other avenues and to perhaps uh, inform our audience of some things they didn't know about the Nutcracker. We all know the Nutcracker Ballet, composed by Pyotr Tchaikovsky, a lot of very famous um, uh, so, productions. So that's how you say it. his name? Kind of like that. That's okay. how I say his name. <laughs> yeah. Tchaikovsky, right? <laughs> if you want to say, if you want to be real Russian about it, you can say Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky, something like that. I have a very good friend named Andre, uh, who is himself Russian, and he always shows me how to say the composer's name appropriately, because I always say it Tchaikovsky or Rimsky-Korsakov. It doesn't come out that way when he says it. Okay, how does he say it? He says Tchaikovsky the way you do, and Rimsky-Korsakov. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not getting off the hook. You have to say it for us. It's easier done after one shot of vodka, <laughs> I believe. And, and people think my job is easy. It's not. You have to pronounce all these names all the time. I remember hearing um, an interview with David Letterman, who started off as a classical music uh, uh, DJ at some uh, radio station in Indiana, probably oh. when he was at Ball State. And uh, he would have to listen to recordings of how to say composers' names over and over again. So he would he would just laugh about how to say, um, you know, uh, Nikolai Rimsky-Korsakov <laughs> over and over and over and over again. I can only imagine I can, Letterman doing exactly. that. Yeah. yeah. I can totally hear that in, in David Letterman's voice. <laughs> Absolutely. Not. So let's bring up a little music to get us in the mood here for uh, our quiz. There we go. Okay. I know that too. Mandolins. First question. What is the name? And, and this is multiple choice, by the way. I'm, and, and we're going to start with some easier ones and then progressively get So if we don't get the get first ones, hard. we should really be ashamed of it. Exactly. <laughs> we <laughs> might just abandon the whole thing after <laughs> question like a, two. Like the New York Times crossword. Ready? What is the name of the magic toy maker in the Nutcracker? Is it Uncle Willie, St. Nicholas, <laughs> Herr Frankenmuth, 
or Herr Drosselmeyer? Anybody want to? Felicia? Ding, ding, ding. D. Drosselmeyer. <laughs> That's correct. D for Drosselmeyer? Yes, D for Drosselmeyer. It's actually pronounced Drosselmeyer. <laughs> okay. Well... <laughs> <laughs> that's not how that's not how uh, Letterman would say. No, no, yeah. Letterman says it completely different. <laughs> Who does the Nutcracker Prince challenge to a duel in the battle scene? Is it the Mouse King, the Grandfather Clock, or the Sugar Plum Fairy? Felicia again. The Mouse King. The Mouse King. I need to give you but guys. We do like... want to see him and the Sugar Plum Fairy go at it one year, just one year. <laughs> yes. That would be good. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, I'm choreographing next year. Where, where, <laughs> where was the first production of Nutcracker given? The very first production. Was it in Frankfurt, Germany? Was it in Moscow, Russia? Or St. Petersburg, Russia? Didn't Zach. St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg. 1892. What country is not represented in the land of toys oh. and sweets? Is it Russia? Arabia? Which is, I don't, is that oh, a country? Arabia's or Italy? Ding, ding, Michael? Ding, ding, ding. Italia. Italy is not represented. <laughs> what is a sugar plum? This is one of those perennial questions that, you know, people don't even think about. What is a sugar plum? Is it a purple fruit, a kind of pie, or boiled, colored, and flavored sugar? Mm, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Huh. But I, I just had two right before I came in here. So, uh... <laughs> 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 I always figured it was a candied uh, dried fruit, but I, no, could, I don't know why just, I said it's that. It's pure sugar. That's really? all it is. Boiled, colored, and flavored sugar. Flavored like plums? Yeah, well, usually purple color, but all it's right. just like a little hard candy. Oh. It's pure sugar. Really? Now, as a bonus question, what is the special instrument, which was only a few years old at the time, that Tchaikovsky uses to illustrate in his music the sugar plum fairy? Zach. Do, do I get extra credit for this? Because yeah. otherwise I think I get voted off. No, no extra credit. It's, it's the Celesta. That's right, Celesta, <laughs> which was it? a new instrument at the time. Tchaikovsky was so interested. He had heard it in Paris. Yeah. And he went to his uh, publisher and he said, you have to get me a Celesta and, and don't tell anybody else yeah, about it. He was really concerned that uh, yeah. uh, Rimsky-Korsakov would find out about it and write <laughs> something for it. So You yeah. found this in your research, right? No, not at all. I, I, I just know this off the top of my head. <laughs> Wonderful. I see you looking down the at your conversations notes. I have in the mirror every morning with myself. That's okay. <laughs> was this the first major work uh, for the concert stage or the ballet stage uh, using the Celesta? I will ask the questions. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I'll take my place. No, actually, Sorry, I, Mr. I think, Trebek. We thought you knew uh, the answers to these. I think, <laughs> I think somebody actually beat him to it. I don't know if it was a stage work. There was. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the composer now. Somebody jumped in there and used it. But no, I think that he was the first one to use it like uh, uh, to illustrate a character, to mm -hmm. illustrate something. So it's the first you know, iconic use of the Celesta in the orchestra. Next question. What does Clara throw at the Mouse King to save her prince? Is it candy, her shoe, a bag of nuts, or a wedge of cheese? Hmm. Michael? Ding, ding, ding. Her shoe. Her shoe. She yes. throws her shoe. But once again, I want to see the wedge of cheese yeah. played out <laughs> one year. I'm giving you all kinds of um, ideas. For the ideas. Let me write these down. I hope you are <laughs> taking notes. <laughs> the three beverages that dance for Clara are coffee, oh, milk, and tea, milk, lemonade, and tea, Hot chocolate, coffee, or tea? Or just Jack Daniels? <laughs> Take a choice. What are my choices again? I mean, I know coffee's in there. Coffee, yeah. milk, coffee's and tea. tea is in there. Milk, Hot lemonade, and tea. sounds like it would make sense. Hot chocolate, but... coffee, and tea. 
Yeah, no lemonade. The last one, hot chocolate, coffee, and tea. That's right. Can you tell me what three countries they're coming from? Hot chocolate is from... Chocolate is from Spain. And the coffee is from... Coffee is Arabian. Arabia. And that leaves tea from China. The first American nutcracker was performed by... I'll give you four different choices here. It was the Ballet of the 20th Century, the New York City Ballet, the Ballet Russe de Monte Carlo, or the San Francisco Ballet. Uh, well, oh, that, Zach and, that and Michael. Was, yeah, go, <laughs> go ahead, ahead, Zach. San Francisco. <laughs> Your voices sound eerily similar. I, I just have a very big. Uh, you, have to, <laughs> you each get half a point for that. George, yeah, but, but uh, the interesting thing there is that it wasn't until the 40s. So we keep thinking of this as like a perennial Christmas favorite, but it didn't yeah. uh, didn't really go there until the 40s. Yeah, interesting. Years after the Toledo Ballet premiered it. The more you know. Uh, George Balanchine's 1954... Do you say Balanchine or Balanchine? Balanchine. How do you, Balanchine. George Balanchine's 1954 Nutcracker introduced... Was it Waltzing Snowflakes? A Toy Cannon? Dancing cookies or a Christmas tree that grows. Which one of those mm-hmm. iconic features of Nutcracker was introduced by George Balanchine? I want to say the it's the growing tree. It is the growing ah, tree. Very good. Good job, Zach. I have some interesting trivia about about Art Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. The uh, the person who choreographed it, Gen Horiuchi, who's artistic director for St. Louis Ballet, he was actually the last male dancer in New York City Ballet to be cast. By Balanchine, so kind of some little Toledo Ballet trivia for you. I've only got a few questions left. Uh, The first title of the Nutcracker Ballet was, was it Casse Noisette? Was it Charcuterie? Was it... (laughs) 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 Which translates to Delicatessen, if you didn't know. Uh, Nussbaum and Mauskönig? Or was it Sockertortstadt? Which is Sockertort City. Which one was it? Definitely not... Soccer Torch City, I'd go for C. Nussbaum and Mauskönig? Yeah. Walnut and Mouse King? No, actually, it was Cas Noisette, which actually means nutcracker in, in French. Really? Yeah. No, it was all, everything was all about French because it came to Russia into French translation. Through right? Dumas, the, right? The, the, the E.T.A. Hoffman yeah. story. Well, now you ruined my next question. Oh, I'm sorry. Zach. Never mind. <laughs> but you <laughs> said Dumas. Dumas. But there, are, <laughs> there are two Dumas. So. What is Dumas? Who there, is Dumas? Dumas the father. It's pronounced, never mind. And Dumas the son. Dumas the father, who wrote the Three Musketeers. Dumas the son, who wrote the uh, the the Lady of the Camillas, who which inspired La Traviata, right? So, which one was it, the father or the son, who translated E.T.A. Hoffman into French, and then that's what caught uh, Tchaikovsky's attention. It was the son. It was the son. Yeah. No. Oh, Alexander right. Dumas fils, <laughs> the son. Tchaikovsky had planned to set the Nutcracker as a one-act ballet paired with a fairy tale opera whose working title was King René's Daughter. So under what title is this fairy tale better known, and who actually brought it to the stage? Is it Romeo and Juliet by Charles Gounod? Is it Iolanthe by Gilbert and Sullivan? Is it The Cunning Little Vixen by Leos Janáček? Or is it Le Corsair by Hector Berlioz? One of those. See, I told you they would get harder as we went along. Hmm. Could you give us the composers again, please? Guno. <laughs> Can we call a lifeline? Charles Guno, Arthur Sullivan, Leos Janáček, or Hector Berlioz? Get rid of Berlioz because yeah. of time. So I'd say, uh, I, my guess would be Janáček. 
close, but that that is not correct. I'm sorry to say. Oh, gosh. It, it is was... getting harder. Seriously. <laughs> so that cuts out Yanachek. So now you have a 50-50 chance between Charles Gounod and Sir Arthur Sullivan. Hmm. It's up to you guys. I'm just... I'll take... I I'm didn't study for guess. 50, Alex. Uh, Gounod. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael, Michael, it's up to you. You have one guess left. I hope you get it right. What's your guess? Uh, I, I, what did you Wasn't guys it? guess? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, of, of the remaining... <laughs> <laughs> That's how exciting this podcast is, folks. Of, of the remaining taxes. composers. <laughs> of the, remaining... the ones they did not pick. <laughs> you have, of the remaining composers, you can choose between Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, Gilbert and Sullivan... <laughs> I really wasn't. And I'm not paying there attention to that question. Very good. All right. I'm, I'm back. Finally, I'm back. Finally. <laughs> final, the final question here <laughs> is, uh, well, the second to last question, actually. What is a merleton? Or do you say merleton? Merleton. Merleton. What is a merleton? Is it a lap-sized harp, a gold trumpet played in C instead of B-flat, a reed flute, or an electronic instrument best known outside Nutcracker for its use in the soundtrack of Spellbound. Ooh. A reed right? flute? A reed flute. I can't imagine. That. Oh, you were asking? <laughs> I thought you were saying. Because well, oh, that's no. the answer. That's <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> and Felicia got that one correct. Felicia's all I'm like, oh, yes, I mean, <laughs> a reed flute. <laughs> okay, now my final question is, which, and you have to know the music to get this, but which... which Okay, the dance of the militants reminds me, Brad, of what cartoon superhero theme song? We is have it... to guess inside your mind right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you can you, you can figure this out. Secret it, Agent Man. It, it's either Mighty Mouse, Super Friends, Underdog, or Teen Titans. Okay, yeah, I got well, Mighty Mouse. That's let me let me play it for you and see if you can see if you concur. All right, somebody has a lot of alone time at home, don't they? <laughs> no, much, much more than you would suspect. Yeah. When you have 15,000 CDs it, at your disposal, these yeah. sorts of things come up. But I'm also dating myself, I guess, because Felicia doesn't seem to know oh, I loved underdog. it. I, I had an underdog yeah. stuffed animal as a child. So really? I'm there with you, yeah. yeah. I just I was trying to think Instead of Instead of a nutcracker. Hey. There's another idea for Nutcracker. The underdog. <laughs> Fritz breaks an underdog's tough to, head Yeah, off. break it apart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or is it Shoeshine Boy? Because, you know, that's his, <laughs> right. his alter ego. Yeah. I'm okay. God, I thought about underdog. I'm not years. sure who won that quiz. I, I, <laughs> yeah, think, I, I thought you were tallying, keeping track. I think Felicia accidentally I won with David the, the reed pipe. <laughs> I accidentally won. Oh, <laughs> hooray. <laughs> When you got to the reed pipe Her thing. Her reed flute question mark question <laughs> put her over the top. Question answer. <laughs> question slash answer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got some other fun things for us to listen to. And uh, these are some 
Nutcracker war stories. When I first talked about doing uh, a no show idea. on the Nutcracker, <laughs> <laughs> um, people immediately started offering up, you know, their their horror stories of of what has happened during stage productions of Nutcracker. So we're not trying to scare anybody away. If anything, maybe people would be interested in coming just in, we, in hopes that some we just entice the dads to get out <laughs> yeah. of the house and turn some up disaster yeah. will unfold on the stage, <laughs> right? Exactly. So I thought I would. Uh, play uh, a cut of one of the performers from the orchestra. We had a couple of them call in and leave their Nutcracker War stories, which I've taken liberty of illustrating a little bit with some sound effects and music to sort of help us get into it. So we'll start with the first one here, and uh, this gentleman introduces himself, so no introduction necessary. Uh, Nutcracker War Story number one from the Toledo Symphony. <laughs> It's a war story yeah, unto yeah, itself. I'm, I'm yeah. hearing it already. Hi, my name is Reed Anderson, and I joined the viola section of the Toledo Symphony in 1988. I believe the year was 2004 or 05 when I found myself once again in the pit of the Stranahan Theater playing my viola part in Toledo Ballet's annual performance of Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker. If you have ever looked over the edge of the pit, you'll see there is very little room for the musicians to move, let alone play their instruments. During that year's performance, we were in the middle of the battle scene where the Rat King and his mice minions are fighting the Nutcracker and his toy soldiers. Unbeknownst to me and my stand partner, one of the mice minions twisted the mouse head part of her costume so that she could not see out of the eye holes. Instead of standing still, possibly obstructing the action on the stage, she kept on moving while unable to see and fell into the pit, amazingly missing myself my stand partner, and the cello section sitting directly behind us. Wow. <laughs> I swear there was no more than a 30-inch opening the mouse could fit through without landing directly on someone's head or instrument or chair or stand. This truly was a miracle, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Unfortunately for my viola, the mouse cost and cut the bridge of my viola and yanked it so violently that the bridge slid sideways, broke all my strings, and anything attached, like the bridge, tailpiece, and pegs. These all went sailing while my bow fell to the floor. <laughs> I was left, sitting there, holding just my viola. <laughs> For the Where rest the of the show. Pluck, 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 Sing your part. You gotta sing your part now. <laughs> of course, the performance kept going. While many of the musicians on our side of the pit sat completely stunned, fortunately the battle scene occurs just before intermission. So I waited until the music stopped, received help from my colleagues in hunting for my bow and missing pieces, and we all helped each other exit the pit. Obviously, my day was over, yet my viola was basically uninjured following the unexpected arrival of our mouse friend. Long story short, my viola was fine, outside of a couple scratches. My bow was fine. The mouse was fine, and surprisingly, very few people in the audience saw the actual incident. <sighs> I'm glad the mouse was fine. Now, well, I was just going to say, we, we haven't mentioned the mouse. Music, my stand partner and I cautiously look up in the air and smile at each other. True story. True story. As a side note, the mouse did not survive. <laughs> <laughs> But the viola is fine and yeah. still usable. 
we have so many mice, though. You know, <laughs> which tons. one is it? You know, yeah, you know, send to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, next. Next rodent. Uh, okay. It's hard to, to, to beat that story. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a pretty good one. Reed actually said that um, the, the girl who played the mouse – Actually studied the viola, or went on to study the viola. Oh, I guess it was, because it was wedged in her yeah. neck. <laughs> <laughs> she She's the only kid that has no case for the viola. She just carries it around with her all the time. Right. I wonder if you run into problems on airplanes with that sort of thing. Yeah, I would right? think so. How do you check it? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, well, I don't, I don't have a, a nutcracker story like that, but in Beauty and the Beast. Oh well, hang our, on, hang on. I have some music for you. Oh. Let, let's let's uh, set the scene for Tale you. Is old, is time. <laughs> oh, there's more. Oh, this is. There you go. Now there's your music. Well, th- this is a Beauty and the Beast story on Broadway, <laughs> where the chip is in this rolling cart, and they have this effect, yeah. you know, that yeah, they know. they do, and same kind of thing happened. The, the kid rolled right into the pit <gasps> oh, no. in the car, you know, but he's like helpless. He's just oh, like no. this rolling thing. But they yeah. had these nets up, and luckily the net kind of kind of caught him. So but... he's just suspended there in front of the stage. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just left him there, you know. <laughs> so you you've never the comic um, effect, you know. Chip's not that important to the storyline, really. You've never he experienced a, a, a Nutcracker war story. I haven't personally. I mean, I'm, we've had little things that I've seen, like girls getting their crowns stuck in, you know, scenery and that yeah. kind of thing. But nothing, nothing quite as tragic as the mouse flying into the pit story. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Well, I have one more of these Nutcracker War stories. You want to hear it? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, this comes to us from the the concertmaster of the Toledo Symphony, actually. Hello, this is Kirk, concertmaster of the, of the Toledo Symphony. Uh, I just want to uh, recall one of the most memorable Nutcracker performances for me, which was on a Friday morning performance given for local area schools about 10 years or so ago. Uh, students from schools all over Toledo had been bussed to the Stranahan Theater. They were ushered to their seats and were, of course, noisily anticipating the start of the show. The orchestra was in its place as well in the pit, ready to begin the famous Nutcracker Overture. The start time of 10 a.m. came and went, but the house lights remained undimmed. What the audience didn't know was that an animated discussion was taking place at the conductor's podium between myself and the production manager for the morning's performance. The conductor was nowhere to be found. The clock was ticking. Already it was 10 minutes after 10 a.m., no conductor, and the manager was asking me to begin the show, to conduct the show. <laughs> I was quite reluctant, naturally, but when the manager threatened to conduct it herself, if I did not, I relented. I stepped on the podium after handing my violin and bow to my stand partner for safekeeping, picked up a pencil as a baton, and began conducting my first Nutcracker ballet ever. Well, they sound pretty good. <laughs> I was able to read my first violin part for the proper meter and followed the phrasing of the orchestra musicians for nuances of tempo, etc. I made it well into the party scene where the Nutcracker is presented to Clara by Herr Krosselmeyer when in a sudden scramble the conductor arrives in the pit. I passed him the baton as, as if I was in a relay race. <laughs> without dropping a beat. And, like dominoes, the first violins all moved back one seat to make room for me 
in my usual chair, all the while the music continuing without interruption to a successful conclusion. Apparently, the conductor had been in the theater all along, but at the wrong start time in mind. When he heard the ballet music begin without him, he raced to the pit and picked up where I left off. (laughs) Certainly for me, that was my most unnerving yet memorable nutcracker experience. Thank you. Bye. Not to mention the adrenaline rush and the tempos. (laughs) (laughs) Dancers frantically. Well, uh, yeah. I imagine the conductor squealing his way into the pit. Yeah. Yeah. Like Starsky and Hutch. Exactly. (laughs) Right through the window. He went right through the prompter's box. (laughs) Dove into the pit. I'm ready. Well, we've done a lot of talking about what things can go wrong in the Nutcracker. Why don't we talk a little bit about what things can go right in the Nutcracker? Can you talk a little bit about this production in particular? Is this a traditional uh, Nutcracker presentation? Have you seen it, Michael? Have you been? (laughs) (laughs) We're doing the Nutcracker? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. My uh, my wife, Lisa Mayer, who's the artistic director of the Toledo Ballet, it's, uh, she's actually the one that directs it. Uh, so uh, it's it's kind of her baby, and I, I kind of do the spring productions every year. Um, so I don't have a direct hand on uh, – I know rehearsal-wise, uh, you know, they're, they're going pretty hard and heavy right now. Uh, but everything's – yeah, it is a traditional one. Like I, I mentioned before, again, Horiuchi, it's his choreography uh, that we've used for the last – 11 years. Yeah. And what I love about the ballet in particular is, you know, we we know all of those famous dances. When you think of Nutcracker, you know, all this really well-known music from Nutcracker, Mm -hmm. but almost all of that happens in the second act. You don't Mm -hmm. get it right away at first. So there's a big sense of anticipation that builds up throughout, throughout. And then when you finally get into all the dances in front of Clara in the land of sweets and you're like, Oh, I know that tune. Oh, I know that tune. And it just becomes a hit parade of all these wonderful, uh, wonderful Tchaikovsky melodies. Can I just say a couple words about this collaboration? Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons I'm so happy that you're here with us today, Michael, is that Toledo Symphony and Toledo Ballet, uh, have been working on this, uh, Nutcracker since 1949. And, um, I think the orchestra, so the Toledo Symphony was premiered in, in its current incarnation in 1943. So Symphony was only six years old and really ready to go prime time with its presentation of the Nutcracker. And again, that was at the very beginning of Nutcracker being a uh, holiday mainstay. Um, but at that point, uh, I think the orchestra had done it once before. They brought the ballet in and basically turned it over to the ballet and this has been a an ongoing relationship since 1949 yeah that's so amazing really really yeah, i think it, i think it also continue. speaks to the the innovative spirit of marie vote too the, yeah. that she had this yeah. in, you know foresight to to collaborate this way and it's still going today it's just it amazing is. it is and, and that was so rare it still is mm-hmm. so you look at um at organizations in towns like uh, you know, Dayton, for example, where the ballet and the Philharmonic are only working together now, um, but we've been, been doing it for so a long. long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, well for not- folks who have not seen Nutcracker, it's a great uh, family tradition. Every because it's so family friendly and so kid friendly, and uh, you know, you really, uh, if you haven't gone. As the commercial says, start a new tradition, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. One of my favorite parts is is viewing the lobby at intermission and just seeing all these little girls who are just out there spinning in their dresses, oh, and yeah. Yeah. you know, it's it's it's, it's definitely. <laughs> I mean, that dream of Clara lives in in every one of those little yeah. girls that walk through the yeah. through the thing, yeah, the theater. 
Well, again, the uh, 77th annual Nutcracker presented by Toledo Ballet at the Stranahan Theater with the Toledo Symphony. It's this weekend, Saturday, December 9th at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, also 7 o'clock in the evening. And on Sunday, an additional matinee, December 10th at 2 o'clock. More information at ToledoSymphony.com. You can call the box office at 419-246-8000. My thanks to everyone who joined us this morning, especially to you, Michael Lang. Thank uh, you for, for joining us. A lot of fun. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at WGTE.org. We're also available on Apple Music. We want to hear from you. Give us a call. Leave your comments or your questions at 419-418-0012. We may use your voice in a future episode. And remember, you can check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website. That's ToledoSymphony.com. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91. <laughs>